When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Williams keeps it on the quarterback counter, gets the first down, still on his feet. The Magic Man pulls out the magic wand. Touchdown Sooners. Oh, he's a runner. He's a track star. Holy cow, guys. Who would have thought that we would have this much to talk about after Oklahoma played Kansas? Absolutely not the worst case scenario because the Sooners left Lawrence with a win, but it's a type of situation where you just find yourself wanting. And really the discussion becomes now, has there ever been a more criticized 8-0 football team at the University of Oklahoma? Have the Sooners ever gone 8-0 and have the and have the fan base so angry at them? For eight, no. If they have, I don't remember it. I think we're witnessing history here. What's up, everybody? This is the Sooner Nation podcast, and obviously, we've got to talk about Oklahoma and Kansas. Uh, but we got to jump in here and talk some little bit of the of the um, fallout from Oklahoma's win over the Jayhawks in Lawrence on Saturday. Obviously, the biggest thing is that the Sooners drop in the polls. They drop one spot. Uh, and the AP poll to number four, getting leapfrogged by Alabama, who's 7-1, and one, by the way. Uh, Alabama, their loss is to a backup quarterback at Texas A&M, but whatever. We'll, we'll get to that. Uh, in the coaches' poll, the Sooners drop two spots. Cincinnati moves up to number two. Alabama, number three in both polls. And Oklahoma, number four. So you're solidified with your top four between the AP and the coaches' poll. Georgia, Cincinnati, Alabama, and Oklahoma. Now, let's pump the brakes if we can let's pump the brakes on the Cincinnati hate let's pump the brakes on Alabama having one loss and leapfrogging an undefeated Oklahoma team and here's the reason why this is this is why I'm going to say this tell me what's the best win for Oklahoma I mean I I get it They, they they've dropped four times this season after a win Four times this season, Oklahoma has won a game, and then the next day, they've dropped in the polls. I get that. I get that frustration. But before we jump too far ahead of ourselves, what's the best win for Oklahoma? Is it Texas? Because Texas is a three-loss team. So if we're counting Texas as Oklahoma's best win, understand we're saying that the best win the Sooners have this season is against a three-loss team. So let's let's just there's Oklahoma has the opportunity to prove it. They have the opportunity to prove it on the field. Keep two things in mind. The the, the first thing to keep in mind is that here in just a few weeks, the AP and the coaches polls, they won't matter at all. In, in just a few weeks, it's all going to be about the college football playoff poll. In Oklahoma, if they're still undefeated when that time comes, when championship November rolls around, the Sooners still have the zero, the big goose egg 
in the loss column, then they're going to be in the top four. It's just where are they going to jockey for position in that top four? So keep in mind, the polls don't count. Right now, the polls, they're fodder for what I'm doing right now, for podcasting. They're fodder for talking heads on TV. They're fodder for message boards and people to, to rant and rave and so forth. But the second thing to keep in mind is Oklahoma's schedule is about to change drastically. The first, the, the first eight opponents that they've played this season, they have a combined record of 20 and 37. The first eight opponents Oklahoma's played this season has a combined record of 20 wins, 37 losses. So when you take that into account, and you take into account the best win is over a three-loss Texas team. Can you really make an argument that Cincinnati shouldn't be in front of them? Can you really make an argument that Alabama shouldn't have left them? But the final four games of the season, final four regular se- regular season games, you're looking at a, a combined record of those final four opponents, 22-7. and seven. And you get to, you get the easiest of those four right off the bat next Saturday in Norman with Texas Tech. But Texas Tech, Baylor, Iowa State, Oklahoma State, twenty-two and seven combined record. You have Oklahoma has every bit the opportunity to prove it on the field. It's not over. But I don't I don't think you can watch what happened in Lawrence first half shutout to the Jayhawks. I don't think you could look at the three-loss Texas being your best team, best win of the season. I don't think you can look at any of that, the combined losing record of the first eight opponents. I don't think you can look at any of that and make an argument that Oklahoma deserves to be higher than number four right now. I think we should be happy as Oklahoma fans that they're number four. I think we should be happy that they're in the conversation for not just being a top four team, but you're going to be in the playoff conversation here in a few weeks. All that should make you happy as an Oklahoma fan. So let the polls be the polls. Don't 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 worry about that. Don't don't fret over that. Don't lose sleep over that. If you're going to lose sleep over something, lose sleep over the guys that are missing in that defensive secondary. Let's jump over to some recruiting news real fast. I mean, as a week ago, you know, you always record a podcast and then the next day something happens. But we did call this a week ago. Gentry Williams jumps in Oklahoma's recruiting class. Um, Sooner number eight nationally, still number two in the Big 12, but continually gaining momentum. You got two five-star recruits in that class. I believe I, I would have to go back and check. I don't have it in front of me, but I'm pretty confident to say this with with Gabriel Brown, Lodindi, and Rayleigh Brown. The Sooners are the only, not only are they the only school in the Big 12 to have a five-star recruit in their 2022 class, but they've got two of them. So that's big news for for the Sooners. Keep an eye on, um, you know how I am with names. Keep an eye on Azariah Thomas, a four-star athlete out of Niceville, Florida. Um, He's really gaining a lot of traction. It looked like he was down between Oklahoma and LSU. Now you got the coaching thing going on with Ed Orgeron uh, leaving Baton Rouge. And that's swinging this kid over towards the Sooners. Now he's rated as an athlete. But he's being recruited 
on the defensive side of the ball. Roy Manning, Alex Grinch, they're after him. 6'1", 177. This guy would probably play defensive back if he were to commit to the University of Oklahoma. Sooners gaining a lot of ground with him, and that would be another huge pickup for this 2022 class. So that may be something, again, you want to keep an eye on. We got Rich DeCray coming up. I'm going to ask me five true or false questions uh, regarding the weekend's activities for the University of Oklahoma. And then we'll give you some thoughts offensively and defensively about this game again at Kansas. And we'll move on from there. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. All right, Matt, as you know, it is time for the true and false segment where we're putting you in the hot seat. And the first question that I want to ask after a scoreless first half is true or false. There are no major concerns on the offensive side of the ball with Caleb Williams under center at the quarterback position. No, that's totally true. I mean, I, I don't I, I don't get I, I know Oklahoma fans are trying to. You got to vent. You got to release frustration. And part of this is you've given Texas fans such a hard time for losing to Kansas that, I mean, you you need to not lose to Kansas. And even looking bad against Kansas looks bad upon you because of all the crap Oklahoma fans have talked about Texas losing to Kansas. But at the end of the day, the Sooners didn't lose to Kansas. They get out of they get out of Lawrence with the win. And despite the fact that it was thirty five to twenty three, all all five touchdowns coming in the second half. I think you got to look at limited offensive possessions for Oklahoma if you're trying to figure out a, a criticism of the offense. It's certainly not on Caleb Williams. Did he look like a freshman? Yes. The interception was not a great play. He had Kennedy Brooks open. He chose to go deep. Not a great play on the interceptions. But, I mean, let's talk about the fourth down conversion where he rips the ball out of Kennedy Brooks' hands and – I don't, I don't want to go as far as saying that he saved the season with that, but definitely was a heads-up play by a true freshman that a lot of guys, a lot of guys in college football aren't going to make that play. 15 of 20 passing, 178 yards. He looked mortal with an interception. But let's not forget, he led the team in rushing with 93 yards and a touchdown on just eight carries. Yeah, that's an 8.8 yards per carry average there there's nothing here there there's there's no room for criticism of Caleb Williams in this game um and there's no reason to think that he was an issue with the offense on Saturday to me the biggest issue was limited possessions second thing I want to throw out there is I know a lot of people are talking defense at least from what I heard and saying there are major concerns but I want to sum up the the true issue here and a true or false question by saying true or false. The major issues on this defense are really just health and a lack of depth. Yeah, we're going to go true again. And you're really kind of leading me into a lot of what I had to say about this defense. Um, you, remember, you remember when DJ Graham and Woody Washington, DeLarian Turner yelled, Jalen Redmond, 
you remember when they were all healthy and, and they played on this defense, they, they were actually pretty decent, right? Um, look, Oklahoma's defense isn't the, the finished product. It's not. And I know Alex Grinch is, is really starting to get a lot of heat, but you gotta, you gotta reserve, in my opinion, you gotta reserve criticism. Can you play the? Can you say that the defense played bad? Yes, absolutely. You can say that the defense played bad. Can you say that at times the defense was embarrassing? A hundred percent. You can say that at times that the defense was embarrassing. But with all of that, you also gotta say, DJ Graham starter, not there. Woody Washington starter, not there. Delarian Turner Yell starter, not there. Jalen Redmond starter, not there. There, you you've got four key guys. Four key guys missing you got over a third of your defense missing they got to get him healthy because I, I talked about that stretch that's coming to end this season texas tech bye week baylor iowa state oklahoma state you got to get some of these guys back they absolutely have to get back but yeah to me it's not an x's and o's problem and i'll talk here later on uh, about the zone it's not an X's and O's problem. It's a body's problem. You know, what they say X's and O's, Jimmy's and Joe's. Well, the Jimmy's and Joe's are on the sideline in the mobile triage unit or wherever getting – they're just not able to play. So, yeah, that's a big issue for Oklahoma's defense. Absolutely true. All right, Matt, we're halfway through this. So at number three, I know you've been a big fan of Eric Gray. However, over these past two weeks, we've seen very limited touches for him out of the backfield. In fact, Eric Gray only has seven carries over the past two weeks. When we look at what's limiting the number of carries, when we're looking at what's limiting the productivity, true or false, it's not Kennedy Brooks. It's the mobility and the ability to run of Caleb Williams at that quarterback position. No, no, I'm sticking to my guns here. Um, this this has more to do with the rise of Kennedy Brooks than it does the rise of Caleb Williams. Kennedy Brooks is the back now, starting with Texas. Uh, you know that he he's the back that Oklahoma thought he was going to be against Tulane. It took him half the season to get his legs back underneath him, but Oklahoma needs a banger, and they, they need a guy who who can. Eric Gray is got a he's got a bright future at the University of Oklahoma. Don't don't take what I'm saying the wrong way. But Eric Gray, 24 carries against Kansas, averaged 3.3 yards per carry. He's a guy that the defense can key on. But he's a banger. I mean, he he's just he he runs smooth, but he also can can run over somebody. He's a physical runner. Eric Eric Gray is is that guy that's that. He's not physical just yet. Again, he's got a lot of got a lot of football left at this level. I think he's got a bright future. The great thing that Eric Gray does is he catches the ball out of the backfield. If you wanted to use an NFL analogy, is that Kennedy Brooks is your every down back. Eric Gray is your third down back. And and I'm I'm curious to see when Marcus Major comes along as well because you know he's missed the half the season more than half of the season. But again, there's depth that's being added to this running back core. But to me, Caleb Williams is an added bonus. Um, the, his ability to run the ball, added bonus. But I don't think that's what's still in plays and still in time from Eric Gray. I, I think that's all on the, on the shoulders of Kennedy Brooks. And you look at that by the increasing number of carries that Kennedy Brooks is getting. He Again, he had 24 
on Saturday um, against Kansas. And I'd be curious, just off the top of my head, I, I think he had like 25 against Texas. And that was the most he had had this season by like, uh, gosh, guys, I'm just spitting here, okay? But I think that's the most he had had this season by like 10. I, I'd have to go back and look this up. But I, I think it's like um, – I'm pretty confident he had not reached I, – I know I can say it with confidence. He had not reached the 20-carry mark before the Texas game. And since the Texas game, he's had at least 20 carries all three weeks. That tells you the story you, you want to know right there. All those touches, they're not necessarily going to Caleb Williams. That's an added bonus. Those touches are going to Kennedy Brooks, and that's why you're seeing a decline in the number of carries for Eric Gray. Hey, flipping sides of the ball on you here in number four. When we look at Nick Benito, I know that he was expected to be the star of this defense, and there's no denying that he's affecting the way offensive coordinators are planning and preparing to face Oklahoma. However, through conference play, Nick Benito only has two and a half sacks. True or false, opposing coordinators have simply figured out a way to negate the strengths that he poses on the field. You know, I'm gonna have to go false, um, false again here, and and it's not because there's there's a lot wrong with his defense right now. But again, it goes back to the injuries, and and what they have to do with Nick Benito. Nick Benito at this point just can't pin his ears back and go after the quarterback because, I mean, you're just gonna force me to jump in to this part of the conversation that I was saving for la later on. But I mean, the truth is they have to play zone. This defense right now with the missing bodies, they can't run man. They can't run man because of two reasons. They can't run man because of experience, and they can't run man because of depth. Zone keeps your guys fresh. You got to keep fresh legs in there. Zone keeps your guys healthy. You can't go You can't go any deeper in, into your depth chart if you're looking at this secondary. If you're Roy Manning, you're like, look, I, I literally have nobody else. And so because of that, you got to run zone on your defense. Is it is it effective? No. But does Oklahoma win? Yeah, they win ugly. And teams grind out these long, long – like the opening drive Kansas had, like, what, 15 plays? It's because they can attack a zone. But the thing is, can you attack a zone enough to, to minimize Oklahoma, what Oklahoma can do offensively, to the point that you have the sheer advantage. So far, no one's been able to do that. So far, no one's – and that's what scares me if I, if I were going to pick a team like Texas, right? Texas may have had the ability to do that with B. John Robinson, but Sark wants the big play. But you, when, when these guys get back – hit me back on this question. When you get like a DJ Graham back or DeLarian Turner yell back or, or Woody Washington back, because at that point, Alex Grinch can do more with his defense. That's what I was saying. I mean, you you got to when you when you're when you're criticizing this defense, we got to reserve criticism. I believe until you have everybody back, you get everybody back healthy, and they're still doing this. Then then there's an issue. But if you, if you walk through the defensive struggles this year. First five games of the season, 
you've got an offense that's struggling. So the defense is logging a lot of time on the field because the offense is going three and out, and Michael Turk's giving it right back to them, or Spencer Rattler's throwing an interception, or there's a fumble. And the defense is put in bad situations. Now the offense starts clicking with Caleb Williams, and the defense is injured. Now, I could be just be making excuses. I get it. I understand people are going to say, that hey, you're just throwing excuses out there. That could be the truth. Absolutely could be the truth. But the reality is we just don't know. At this point, we don't know how good or how bad this defense is because there's four guys. There's four guys that we're not seeing on a regular basis, four guys that are key contributors that are not out there. So you're going to talk about Nick Benito. Nick Benito is a victim of circumstance here. I think he's every bit the star. I think he's every bit the player that everybody thought he was going to be. He's just the scheme that they have to run that neutralizes Nick Benito more than anything else. Look at Nick Benito and obvious passing downs. See what happens there. For the last one, Matt, I want to look at the national scene because I look at a couple of teams, more specifically looking at ranked teams that were the underdog when facing an unranked opponent this past weekend. Oklahoma was not one of those. However, what I hear on the national, the national level is that Oklahoma wasn't impressive in their win, even though it was a two-touchdown win, a two-score win over the Kansas Jayhawks. When we look at Cincinnati, Cincinnati has a seven-point win as the number two team in the country against Navy. So true or false, the national narrative that Cincinnati gets a, a buy in this scenario and has a hard-fought win is totally bogus. Yeah, we we got to go false again. I mean, we got to, and 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 here's the reason why. It's yeah, Cincinnati struggled. They struggled against Navy. Hey, kudos to me. I, I, if you follow Friday Locks, I, I called that happening. Um, but at the end of the day, you know what Cincinnati has that Oklahoma doesn't have. Cincinnati has a win over Notre Dame. The Irish are number eleven in the AP. And, oh no, no Notre Dame's they're just they're just not that good. Okay, fine. Tell me. I, okay, good. They're number eleven. They're six and one on the season. Their only loss is to Cincinnati. And you remember remember what we talked about to start this podcast. Oklahoma's best win right now is over Texas. Best wins over Texas. Four four games from now, five weeks from now. Oklahoma will have a better argument than Cincinnati. And and don't forget, Tanner Mordecai and Grant Calcaterra are look they're lurking, okay? These guys are lurking. Cincinnati has to play SMU. That's gonna be a fun game. But at this point, I mean it it sounds ridiculous to say, but it's just truth. Cincinnati beat Notre Dame. Cincinnati beat a, a, a fringe top ten team. Only blemish on the Notre Dame record right now. It's Cincinnati. Notre Dame could absolutely be overrated. But Cincinnati beat them, and that's where it stands right now. Oklahoma doesn't have a win that's close to that at this point of the season. But again, five weeks from now, whole different story. Okay, well, let's drop some uh, just some general thoughts here offensively and defensively in what could shape up to be one of the shortest podcasts um, that we've done in a while. I, I'm going to be back in the United States uh, beginning Monday, the 25th of October, and I get to stay there for like two months. So uh, we'll probably get more in-depth and in-person with Rich uh, on that front. But 
defensively, I don't know what else we can say schematically. I kind of covered all of that in the true or false segment. And it, I mean, it is what it is. There, there's really nothing you can do. There's no, I, 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 I see people will move Alex Grinch up to the press box and, and then he can see what's happening on the field firsthand. He has see the bird's eye view. It's not going to change it. It's not going to change the 11 guys that he can put on the field, particularly on the back end of the defense. Whether he's in their press box or whether he's on the sideline, he still only has access to th- that limited amount of personnel. Until that changes, go back to what I said last Sunday after Oklahoma beat TCU. Just buckle up. It's going to be wild until these guys get healthy. The performance was every bit as embarrassing as, as, I mean, when you look at the stats, the stats are just as embarrassing as what you saw on on TV or in the stadium if you went to Lawrence. Jayhawks had 24 first downs. 166 rushing yards. Remember, this is a defense that went for forever without allowing more than 100 yards. 166 yards on the ground. Four yards per carry against this defense. Two rushing touchdowns. 246 passing yards. It's all there. It's just, it's bad. Okay, it's just bad. Kansas had 412 total yards of offense, which is 14 more yards than Oklahoma had offensively. Jayhawks averaged 6.3 yards per play. Oklahoma 7.4. So it's, I mean, but there's nothing else you can say. Is it, does it look bad? Yes. Is it bad? Yes. But there ain't no. They're finding a way to win with these guys. And you just, you just, every, every ounce of your sooner fiber hopes they get some, if not all of these guys back after the bye week. I honestly don't know that it's going to happen before Texas Tech. I really think the unit we saw on the field against Kansas is probably what we're going to see this coming Saturday afternoon against Texas Tech. And yeah, that should be pause for concern. But then you think that Kennedy Brooks is probably going to average 11 yards per carry against that Texas Tech defense. There's just no other options, guys. It's just not there. You want to find a bright spot on this defense from Saturday? How about Key Lawrence? Key Lawrence showed that he's going to be a player in this league. Key Lawrence shows that he's going to be the future of this secondary. Eight tackles, two tackles for loss. Great performance. I mean, Key Lawrence was the bright spot on this defense. Now, DeLarian Turner Yell hopefully is going to be back. I mean, I, I would still I would still take DT Yell over Key Lawrence. Just from that leadership perspective, from that getting everybody lined up in the right place and and barking out the commands and making sure everybody knows where to go. DTL's the guy you want. But Key Lawrence shows that he's he's got a bright future at the University of Oklahoma. He's my defensive player of the game. You flip over to the offensive side of the ball, I already mentioned eight possessions. <laughs> this falls back on the defense. Eight possessions because the defense couldn't get off the field. Kansas followed the same game plan that all the teams before the Texas game followed. Tulane did it. Nebraska did it. 
Texas, they didn't do it. I mean, Texas kind of broke this mold there, but West Virginia did it. Kansas State did it. You just controlled the clock. You eat up the yards and you eat up the time. And it limited what Caleb Williams and company can do. But I again, I already shared my thoughts on Caleb Williams. But the Sooners, eight possessions, you had almost 400 yards of offense and just out of just eight possessions. You had five touchdowns out of just eight possessions. You had, you had one possession that ended in, in an interception. So you, you didn't really have a lot of wasted possessions. Of, of the eight possessions, five of them were scores. So you scored over 50% of your possessions. Seven point, what did I say? 7.7, 7.3 yards per possession. That's not terrible. But Oklahoma's offense only had the ball for 24 minutes and 30 seconds. And when you're trying to find, you know, what, what's wrong with this offense, there it is right there. Defense can't get teams off the field. And I, I, I got to go back. I, I got to go back to what I said before the Texas game. I think if Oklahoma wins the coin toss, they have to take the ball first. I just, I just think they have to. That's that's how you remove an offense's ability just to grind it out. You make them play from behind at the get go. I've been I've been saying this since again since since the, after the West Virginia game. I started saying this. You win the coin toss. You don't defer. You take the ball. You got to score in that opening possession, but then then you make them play from behind. I don't know what else to say on that either, but I mean, it's just, that is what it is. How can you not have Caleb Williams as your offensive player of the game now? I know he threw an interception, but come on, you, you, you pick the, the fourth and one touchdown play of the game. The, the, I was at fourth and three touchdown play of the game. The fourth and one where he takes the ball from Kennedy Brooks gets the first down. That could be the play of the game. 178 passing yards, 93 rushing yards. Three combined touchdowns. We typically take the quarterback off the table here. But you got to go Kennedy Brooks, right? He, he, I mean, there's not I – don't, I don't think you can go anywhere else other than Kennedy Brooks as your offensive player of the game here. I say Kennedy Brooks. Kennedy Williams. I don't think you can go anywhere else other than Kennedy – clearly, I guess you can. Kennedy Williams, player of the game for me. Uh, give me your thoughts on that. Hit us up on Twitter, at Sports Heartland on Twitter. Uh, hit us up in the comment section below at heartland-sports.com. Big 12 shaping up. Um, Oklahoma State goes down. There's only one undefeated left, and that's uh, that's your Oklahoma Sooners. The biggest game in the Big 12 over the weekend did not disappoint. Iowa State outscores Oklahoma State 17-7 in the second half to take a 24-21 win over the Cowboys in Ames. Oklahoma State falls to 6-1 on the season. They they were number eight before um, before traveling to Ames, Iowa. And now they drop they dropped the number 15 in in both AP and coaches poll, but that's a, that's a game that y- you look at it and and again it was a must win for the Cyclones. Oklahoma State still has a lot ahead of them. Iowa State's out of the Big 12 race with that loss. I I I really believe they you know they remain a player now. They got two losses on the season, and only one of them in conference. 
but that was a huge, huge win for the Cyclones, and not as much as a devastating loss for Oklahoma State as what it may appear. Uh, if Oklahoma State had playoff aspirations, that's probably done now, but Big 12 championship aspirations still very much alive. Kansas State with the big win over Texas Tech. The, the Red Raiders sit at 5-3. and three. Matt Wells needs one more win. I, I've been saying this. Matt Wells needs to get to six this season. The Wildcats four and three on the season. Kansas State with that win uh, in in Lubbock. So you're looking at Oklahoma coming in next week uh, to play Texas Tech in Norman. Red Raiders coming off of a loss uh, and and a loss in which they were shut out in the second half. And that's if you're looking for a slimmer of hope, it's right here. Texas Tech scored 24 points in the first half on Kansas State, zero in the second. I'm going to click on this box score just because I want to check one thing real fast while we're we're doing this. How many rushing yards did Kansas State have against Texas Tech? Let's look at that. Oh, wow. Kansas State only had 81 rushing yards, but 296 through the air. That's – I got to be honest with you, that shocks me a little bit that Deuce Vaughn wasn't able to get loose for for more on that. But the the truth remains, Texas Tech's going to limp into Norman off of a loss. But every team, every single team – gives OU their best, that OU has the biggest target, maybe in the nation, biggest target on their back of the nation. Here's the shocker of the weekend for me. West Virginia goes to Fort Worth and doesn't just beat Gary Patterson, but beats Gary Patterson soundly. TCU, the second team in the conference to get shut out in the second half. This was a 20-17 to game at the half. Now, West Virginia wasn't a juggernaut at all. In, in this, the, the final 30 minutes, the, the Mountaineers only scored nine points, but they come out with a 29-17 to 17 win over Gary Patterson and, and the TCU. And now suddenly, suddenly there's a lot of talk. I mean, not just a little bit, not just a little bit of people being disgruntled, but there is a lot of talk about Gary Patterson being on the hot seat in Fort Worth. And, I, you know, you don't really like that, you know. Because I, I'm, I've always been a fan of Gary Patterson. I, I know people, he rubs people the wrong way, but come on, that guy built TCU. He should have the opportunity to kind of exit at his leisure, but you, we all know how this game swings. Four, four teams in the Big 12 are ranked in the top 25. Oklahoma, number four. Oklahoma State, number 15. Baylor checking in at number 16, just behind the Cowboys. Iowa State at number 22. When you, you look at the Big 12 rankings, there's your four contenders right there. We talk about this last stretch of, of play for Oklahoma. Three of three of the uh, obviously Oklahoma is one of the four, so three of those four are on Oklahoma's schedule still. When, when you look at the teams that are eliminated, Texas Tech they're eliminated from conference championship play. West Virginia eliminated, Kansas State eliminated, TCU Kansas eliminated. I mean those teams have five conferences between them combined. Texas Tech on the outside looking in at two and two in conference play. But really, this is going to come down to November. Oklahoma at five and zero in Big 12 play. The only undefeated team altogether, eight and zero in the season. But Oklahoma State, Baylor, Iowa State all sitting at three and one. All jockeying for position. Oklahoma State is still sitting in good position because they, they've got Baylor and Iowa State behind them. 
But that loss in Ames makes Bedlam a must-win for the Cowboys. Because that, you lose to the Sooners, you're going to be – let's say Oklahoma runs the table. Most likely going to create a three-way tie for second place. And yet Oklahoma State wins that tie because – well, no, do that. I mean, now I'm, now I'm getting into Big 12 tiebreakers, but Oklahoma State's one and one. They beat Baylor. They lost to Iowa State. Cowboys got to win Bedlam, and that puts so much more pressure now in Oklahoma to go to Stillwater in that situation. But there it is. We'll be back to talk Oklahoma, Texas Tech later on in the week. Hope you have a fantastic week wherever it may take you. Catch us on Twitter at Sports Heartland. Catch us on the internet at heartland-sports.com. Boom, we'll see you there, everybody.